and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Greyhorn Pagan Podcast. Today, for part two of the Mystery of Giants, I have my good friend and fellow tribesman Joshua again. He's done some more digging, has found some more heavy stuff, some very interesting and quite shocking articles. So, Joshua, bro, what you got for us? Well, I can tell you this. I started following breadcrumbs and I found out that a lot of the breadcrumbs will lead you to a pile of moldy bread. But a couple of times you'll find a bakery. Um, when you're looking for giants, obviously the remains have all been decimated. So you have to find other collaborative evidence. You have to find newspaper articles, witness testimonies, things of the such. Sometimes lucky enough to get photographic evidence. All right. Well, I found a few interesting cases. One of them I find to be the most interesting because it's the most recent that I mm -hmm. can find. Uh, this fellow lived in the continental United States in 1676, about a hundred years before the war. Yeah. Uh, his name was Benjamin Buckland. He was well known in his area just because of his size. The guy was over eight feet tall and not because of a pituitary issue or something of the such. He was just a big person. He also had the one, one distinguishing thing that you hear about giants of old, two rows of teeth. Yeah, you'll hear wow. that. You'll hear that a lot. I, I wonder what's up with that. I wonder if that's now, Buckland has an interesting case because it's starting to gain traction and publicity now. Um, Jim Vieira, that does, uh, he's a archaeologist, hunter, blase, blase. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of uh, a lot of work in the United States and around the world looking for ancient mysteries, right? And he was started out looking for old civilizations in the United States, in the New England area, looking for like old Danish or Viking civilizations. Okay. And uh, there's, there's quite a bit of proof that they existed. Mm -hmm. But what he found actually was more recent than the ancient remains and more interesting. So he kind of like <laughs> segued right into another thing. And now the History Channel is hosting parts of it. But I found little bits of evidence that even in their sneak peeks of the show and whatnot, you don't see. Uh, and just with Benjamin Buckland, there were a whole city of witnesses. So, I mean, you can look in the Rhode Island records in the town that he was in. I believe it was Cumberland, Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. That's where the monument is. Um, yeah, the monument is in Cumberland, Rhode Island, in the woods. Um, anyways, in the there's woods. a fascinating story behind it. This guy was elected into his city into the position of being a peacekeeper. Well, if you're eight foot something tall, you know. Because of his staff. <laughs> yeah. And he was a kind, intelligent, and gentle person. A gentle so, dragons. Huh. Yes. People knew that he was the kind of guy that you always wanted to be on the good side of because nobody had seen the bad side, nor did they want to. So yeah. when, when wars started to happen with the Wampanoag Indians, King Philip 
of the Wampanoags was ambushing townspeople over and over and over again. So they put together a fairly large militia and they were basically going to uh, going to try to put a stop to it. You know, if they could make peace, fine. If not, then they had to do what they had to do. Yeah. What they didn't realize is the entire platoon walked into a trap, right? They basically all lost their lives except for nine of them immediately. Wow. Nine of them got free of the ambush, Benjamin Buckland being one of them. All right. Now, Buckland is the most notoriable because of his size, but the monument has all the nine men's names on it and still to this day has all of the bones in it except for one skull. Yeah. Buckland's. So, in, 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 yeah, in the nine men's misery, there is only eight skulls now. So, uh, there's a long story behind that, and I'll get into that in a minute. Anyways, King Philip ambushes them. Nine of the guys get away momentarily. They are captured, tortured, and killed before they can make it back to the town. Well, word gets back that the war happened, the whole platoon was gone. They go searching, they find where it happened, and they find these nine guys just dismembered all in this one area. So that became known as the Nine Men's Misery. Yeah, they were brutal times, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, and when you're fighting over territory, I mean, that's your... One person is claiming it is ancestral land, so is the other one. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. going to be a past fight on both sides. Yeah. So, needless to say, it was. It got bad. They found the uh, the site. Um, They buried the men right there, made a, a monument to them. And uh, later on, a group of monks called the Trappist Monks in that area were building a monastery. They were also putting up other graveyards and whatnot. They said that they could not remain there on un- on uh, uh, basically unblessed ground. Okay. So, they and the way that they were buried was also supposedly sacrilegious to them. So... Okay. They had them removed, and they were given to the Rhode Island um, State Authority, um, oh. the Historical Society of Rhode Island. So the Historical Society of Rhode Island has them for quite some time, right? Yeah. Well, all of the sudden, in like, I think it was 1976, yeah, it was 1976, they find... Uh, some reason that they need to re-entomb them. 300 so, years later. Yeah, and they don't know if it was because of the 200-year anniversary of the Civil <laughs> War what was going on in Rhode Island at the time, or if it was the 300-year uh, anniversary of that particular war, because it was, you know, 100 years before the Civil War. Yeah. So, anyways, they, they put them back in the tomb. Now, allegedly... At some point in time, and between the time that they were moved and the time they went back to the tomb, that one particular skull came up missing. Now you can you can yeah. find newspaper articles still to this day talking about Benjamin Buckland, the witness testimony of his size, the fact that he had another anomaly. Benjamin Buckland also had the other telltale sign of the what we would call God's giants, the the hybrids, six, six fingers. fingers. Yeah. 
Yeah. He had six fingers and a full double row of teeth on the top of his mouth, right inside his row. Yeah. So, uh, the normal row of teeth. Well, it's funny how always like that one particular skeleton or that that one particular skull goes missing. Like it's it's always the one that stands out. It's always the one from the the giants or you know almost think it's on purpose. The really, really funny part of it, Stein, is that before the 1940s and 50s, giants were common knowledge. They existed. People knew that they had been finding skeletons all over the United States. There was a society created in the United States just to deal with the mounds and the giants that were found only on the East Coast. Really? Yeah. It was literally like the East Coast Mound Association. Okay. Right? They now the uh the founders had some relation to uh Smithson, who was the founder of the Smithsonian, but that fella had never even seen the United States or been here. So they had some relation with him in the college that he went to in mm-hmm. England. I believe he went to Oxford College or he went to a very prestigious university. Yeah. And uh, apparently in Smithson's will, the founder of Smithsonian, he said, if my nephew, which was his only heir, mm-hmm. doesn't have heirs or they can't take my fortune, I want it to go to the United States government for X. And somehow his nephew and his heirs were displaced. The five <laughs> At the time, it was considered a fortune, but $500,000 went to the United States government and they started the Smithsonian Smithsonian Foundation, right? Yeah. So the Smithsonian, they have this castle built in Washington, D.C., right? And something goes awry where Smithson is buried in in, uh, England and they actually have his corpse brought here and buried in Washington, D.C., in the Smithsonian Castle. His bones are in there to go view his crypt and tomb and everything. But did the, the family have anything to say about the, the museum or what, what it was going to be about? or No remaining family. His so... nephew and heirs were displaced. So according to history, they're just gone. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't take his fortune. <laughs> no, yeah. Weird they, circumstance, right? They just so, poofed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Odd, odd, odd circumstances. Um, he was friends with this guy. Uh, God, he's got a really famous last name. He is, his dad was a really famous scientist, uh, Charles Darwin. Yeah. So Leonard Darwin, his son, mm-hmm. was close acquaintances with Smithson. Somehow they were into eugenics and they had both spoken at these eugenics conferences in front of Churchill and several others. They're well publicized. That was a a big thing back then and pretty normal to talk about even. Some of the statements in their, their speeches were literally along the lines of, we can't let the history and astonishing finds of lesser tribes of men come to overshadow our own. So basically, if they found that a tribe of people in their belief was lesser than them, 
they were covering up their history. Which is very, very subjective, of course. Right. Not exactly how you want to run with science, you know? It's kind of no, like the United States. I mean, they, they still do that nowadays or do it again or whatever. It's just, you know, pick and choose and cherry picking and putting things together that don't belong together. I guess history repeats what? itself. What happens to being unobjective and unbiased, you know? Now, granted, we do have a lot of archaeologists and scientists this, to this day that are very much so, you know, noble and good at what they do. Yeah. You know, very, very honorable people. Then you have people like a lot of the people at the Smithsonian. Now, I mean, you can literally find thousands of newspaper articles about another archaeologist writing a story about a Smithsonian group coming in and destroying his entire fight. Right? But if those articles are so easily found and it was talked about like in the, what was it, like the 1930s? If it was all normal, if it was normal back then and those articles can, can still be found, then why is it like all of a sudden like pushed back into the realms of fairy tales or mythology or so that's that's yeah. what i don't get like you told me and you you showed me things and oh, you yes. know I've, I've seen things myself of course and yeah like numerous pictures and, and articles and whatever like detailing so much but like in now in the 2020s or even earlier, you know, the, the 2000s, 90s, whatever, you know, it's, oh, you believe in giants? Oh, you're like either you're well, a conspiracy theorist or you have an overactive imagination. Here's a great example, right? And, and this is a perfect example of it because you can find stories on both sides of it. Yet this guy is literally in the history books as the world's tallest man. He's in the book of the world's tallest people. Maximus Thrax. He is the yeah. only person at his time. He was the only person that ever became a Caesar of Rome without being rich first. He went from being a poverty stricken soldier to being the Caesar of Rome. Wow. That's quite the now, up. The there's... world's list has him listed at seven foot ten. But there are scientists that say they're not accounting for missing vertebrae and cartilage and the knees and whatnot. So yeah. he actually about eight foot three and about 450 pounds, right? Several tales say that this guy wore his wife's bracelet mm -hmm. as a thumb ring. When Damn. he would go to war, he would take one of her bracelets, wear it as a thumb ring, right? Oh, that, that actually reminds me of a, um, a professional arm wrestler okay we're back um we had some slight technical issues um those are fixed now um josh you know what we're we're talking about great at maximus thrax was talking about the ring yeah and uh the guy wearing the ring on his thumb or his wife's bracelet is a thumb ring yeah and which which reminds me that that was what i was gonna say before the technical issues came 
that that reminds me of a uh, a professional arm wrestler. Um, I don't know his name, but he has big freaking hands, um, kind of like a a life size Popeye, and he is married and wears a wedding ring on his. Uh, his ring finger, but it's it's about the size of a bracelet for everyone else. You know, if you compare uh, like his wedding wedding ring to his wife's wedding ring, it might as well be a bracelet. So that, that makes me think now that you mentioned that from the um, the the Caesar that um, like maybe like partially genetical giants or whatever or giantism. I mean, of course, if you got arms like that, you go into arm wrestling. I, you know, I, I honestly believe that we have different shapes of giant, if you want to call them that, different variations, okay? You had giants that are labeled everywhere, even in North America, especially, should I say, in North America, with six fingers, six toes, and two rows of upper teeth. You hear yeah. the same you hear the same about certain giants over in the areas of, like, Kandahar right but you don't hear that about the giants in the areas around turkey like cappadocia and um the the, the giants found around like greece and rome and sardinia you know mm-hmm. they, that they're not they're never really or at least that i've found been distinguished of having full rows of you know two teeth and an extra digit on both hands and feet so come to think of it the um the European and like Asia minor giants um, you, you don't hear that a lot like it's it's more the um, just more the stature not as much as not as much other physical anomalies mm-hmm. now I seen this one case that I <laughs> I've read it before and then I came across it again this morning because it came through as brand new news and the article had been updated today. Okay. And I uh, I, I kind of had my mind blown on that one. Um, <laughs> oh, is that that's the is that the one that you uh, that you that shared, I shared with you yeah, earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Now, you can you can look this one up in the Bucharest Herald, right? The original article was, I think, 11-9-2012, all right? But the edit on it was today, May 12th, 2022, right? That is in Romania. So, I mean, if you're looking in, it'll be .ro probably, but mm-hmm. look for the Bucharest Herald and look at today's edition of it. And there is an original article from 11-09-2012 that showed up on the left-hand side of it, right? And all it really said was 12-12-1976. Rosia, Montana, Romania. Fossilized, ready for this word? Hyperborean remains. (laughs) Yeah, and Hyperborean with an an I, not with a, uh, like a Y, but it's still... It's the area, you know. Depending on what you're in, you're going to hear Hyperborea spelled differently, Y's and I's. Yeah. Right? But here's the kicker. At first, they found a stone slab. Right? They go to moving this stone slab. Now, on analysis, they find out that this stone slab is 36 feet long. Right? 
and it had this odd mixture of material. Mm -hmm. It was 15% granite, 30% wolfram, also known as tungsten. Yeah. 55% gold. Ka-ching. It was 1,700 tons. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a big ass slab. <laughs> okay. Now, this slab is made out of an odd material, right? They dig it up in 1976 and find the remains of a 32-foot-long being underneath it. They said that looked like a absolutely normal human, except for one slight difference. Just slightly longer teeth. His teeth would have been just slightly longer all the way around than a normal human. Not sharper, no fangs, nothing weird like that. Just slightly longer teeth. I mean, right? if you're 30, if you're 30, 32 feet tall, I can imagine your teeth being bigger, larger, longer. Right, as well. Proportionally, uh, he just had a long face. You know what I mean? Just a slightly longer face. Abe Lincoln looking, you know? Sure. So, but 32 feet, right? Now, that article, you can find from the original time, the one that when it was published, 12-12-1976, mm-hmm. you can find that article all over the place. Literally all over the world they were reporting. Okay. It was in Reuters newspapers. Really? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was in a branch of American newspaper also, but it was just a blurb in that paper. Uh, right? Of but 1976, you know. Reuters is, is the biggest publisher in Europe. Like, so many of our newspapers, news channels, whatever, are either from Reuters or, you know, have articles that link to Reuters. So they are very, very mainstream, very establishment. I'm, I'm surprised they published it follow, that wide. Follow the money, right? Reuters does have some weird rich elites that own part of it, but it's not like the Washington Post and the New York Times and some of the other ones that are actually partially owned by like BlackRock, State Street, Citadel, you know, like they obviously have motive. You know what I mean? Reuters, you can find some decent articles in there throughout history, right? So I believe they're they're one of the ones that is not quite so censor happy. They might have their own political agendas, but not necessarily. Smithsonian agenda of destroy history, you know? So, but you look at the ones that are tied to the Smithsonian, like the Washington Post, the mm. and, and those, you're never gonna find an article like that in there, right? Uh, I mean, even even here in, in Europe, like a lot of the same things get pushed. Like they'll, they'll put an article out, but like somewhere on, on the back pages, or, you know, um, if you're, looking it up on a, uh, a news website, it's on like, I don't know, page 10, you know, where nobody ever goes, like everybody just reads the front page and those articles, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like hide it somewhere way in the back. And But then if people um, confront us about it, like, hey, we put it on there, it's, you know, sure, it's, right? it's way in the back on page 10 of the website or, you know, whatever newspaper. If, people still read newspapers. I mean, I think they do. 
but I mean that's that's the thing also that's that's they play that really smart like yeah they'll put it in but either as just like a tiny footnote just oh by the way or like an afterthought yeah or just you know somewhere way in the back you know like it's oh it's i mean it's not that important 30 foot skeleton uh whatever hey you know what's the big deal right i might only change everything in time right yeah i mean we got a crash in the economy who cares about the 30 foot skeleton um, yeah yeah page 24 column three you know yeah <laughs> yeah it, that, well this is the coolest part like because there's so many people digging now and this is becoming kind of a mainstream topic, you know? You you have that guy, Jim Vieira, that I was talking about earlier. Him and his brother yeah. do a lot of digging, right? They found over a thousand news articles. Now there's an archive of these online you can find. Um, yeah. I'll try to find it and put the link at the comments of this video later. Yeah. But man, this guy found over a thousand newspaper articles between 1800 and 1900, just in North America right? Skeletons over six and a half, seven feet tall, right? That we're talking about abnormal heights. Some of them in the 12 to 15 foot range, some of them down in the 10 foot range, some of them seven foot four, seven, three, right? Tribal leaders being found, right? And that's just well, North America, like a, a relatively young country. Like uh, I should look up or have you look up because you're such a good researcher. Um, like how many stuff they just found over here in Europe? Because, like Romania, I mean, not not saying it's it's close to here, but you know, it's it's people go there on on holiday. Like you'll have uh, bigger festivals there that people just you know take a like a touring bus to uh, to go there. It's it's not uncommon to go on holiday in Eastern Europe for us. Not at all. Not at all. Um, now, this is this is the thing that I find funny about it. I mean, it's just like, it's a, you know, you ever hear that? It's, it's a rule of thumb, not a 100% thing. This is the same case. Christianized and Catholicized countries, right? Mm -hmm. More sightings and findings of mounds and whatnot in them yet they're the ones that you will not hear any news of it in at all. No, but while at the same time, even in the Bible, they speak of giants, you know, the like I mentioned in the, the previous podcast, the Philistines, they were like a literal tribe of giants. Ration. You know, uh, Goliath is said to be one of the Philistines. They they talk about it with the... Um, like with the, the watchers, the fallen angels or whatever, that they or their offspring were giants and that they were the one who corrupted mankind. And it's just, now, it's, it's, see, in, it's in their scriptures. Here's, here's where I find it, Stein. The watchers were the first one, right? They came down. Those were the fallen angels, if you will, yeah. right? Those are the Hyperboreans. Those are the ones that are 25, 30 feet tall, right? Those are the ones that we're finding skeletons of that are, you know, 32 feet long, right? Mm. They had bred down with humans also. And then their descendants are the ones that we would know as the Norse gods, the Roman gods, right? 
Now, oh, because a, a lot of our gods and the, the Roman gods are descended from giants. So, and they, you know, they created us and all that. Oh, dude. Right. So now you have tears, right? Now, we don't hear too much about the Hyperboreans or the Titans or the Old Ones or whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. right? But I mean, you look at things like the Guardian of the Badlands in Canada. Have you ever seen that? No, can't say I have. It is. Now, <laughs> they call it a natural rock formation in Canada, right? This thing is literally like hundreds of feet wide laying on the ground. It looks like a coin with the head of a Blackfoot Indian with a head yeah, dress. Yeah, you, you mentioned it in the tribe, yeah. Okay, now that Guardian of the Badlands, you can't deny that exists. You can find it on Google Maps, right? They can call it a natural formation, but tell me that a natural formation happens that a tribe of people know about for thousands of years. How did the Blackfoot Indians know that the, the Guardian of the Badlands head was there? I mean, not saying it, it doesn't happen, but I mean, like, what are the odds? What are the chances? Like the, the, the face on Mars, for example. Oh, it's just like you're, you're imagining things. You're seeing things, even right. though well, I mean, with the Badlands, it's talked about for thousands of years. There's a scientific term for seeing faces and things, right? Sure. But this can only be seen from the air at its current size. Like if you're the, looking um, at it from above, if you're on the ground, you can't recognize any of the features because it's a head laying down sideways and it's like a relief of it like you'd see on a coin, right? But if like, you look at it, it is a perfect representation of a Blackfoot Indian with a headdress on. Kind of like the... Uh... What's it called again? The, the Nazca lines in uh, in Peru? Like only yes. from the sky you can see yeah. what the now, images are? The, the Nazca lines are very rough looking images. Yeah. Like the Guardian of the Badlands is something altogether different. Like you see the Nazca lines, yes, they're amazing. They're huge. Yeah. But somebody on the ground could have drawn that picture to be done in their head. Right? I mean, yeah, the and Guardian even even from the sky, it looks like, you know, my four-year-old could have drawn them. The Guardian of the Badlands head is like 150 times the size of the Mount Rushmore heads, but it's like a coin relief on the ground. Like if you were looking at a coin with like, you know, yeah. let's say eight, you can look at sideways, right? Mm -hmm. You can, I'll add, I'll add this into the comments below because everybody's going to want to see this. <laughs> Right. I'll even I'll put the, the Google Maps coordinates in there too. Sure, right? I'll I'll throw it all in there. Articles about this, but how would a people that were around thousands of years ago that live on the ground know that this head existed? That looked like one of their tribal elders if they couldn't see it from the air. And how did a Blackfoot Indian get into the air to see it over two thousand years ago? I mean, whole countries have been drawn out like just from the coastline and going inland. But if it's like such a big thing, is, it's, it's, you know, that's drawing up a map is something else than like creating something like that. Um, yeah. Like, like this is a, a mountain range that naturally has 
facial features and a headdress, I can't buy it. I can't buy it, dude. I'm sure we're just seeing things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, yeah. Okay. I understand the scientific ability to see faces in places that it doesn't exist, like a potato chip. Okay. I mean, but, dude, there are all, there are whole subreddits about that, like old Twitter pages and whatever. You know, the the funniest things, like you know, people will see. I mean, God, even married with children. I've been watching married with children children a lot lately. Love the show, but you know they'll see uh, the face of Elvis in El Bundy's shirt, like he sweated out Elvis. That shit happens. Like people see things at in in the craziest places. But that's right. you know like Jesus on Jesus on toast or whatever. But a, a, a black perfect foot. proportioned face with the headdress in a relief in a mountain. It actually is the mountain range and the different mountains coming off of it. I mean, the nose, the jaw, the eyes, the feathers on the headdress, the trailing feathers coming off the back of it, all perfectly proportioned. We're talking about thousands of feet long (laughs) from the front of the nose to the back of the headdress. But the face itself is like hundreds of feet. So like how, you know, like you can, you can dispute that Hyperboreans and, and big, people existed right but how do you explain the megalithic structures that have stones that were moved 5,000 years ago before machines that weigh a hundred tons yeah well just you know a lot of slaves manpower yeah (laughs) (laughs) now see but there's a tipping point with it Now, uh, we got a glitch. Yeah, it seems that my I locked up. internet connection isn't stable, but uh, keep keep going. I'm I'm sure it's picking up and You're all completely frozen, Stein. I can see myself moving. I can <laughs> hear myself oh. in my monitor, but with me, it's just the other way. With me, it's just the other way around. But uh, keep talking. I can, I can, I can hear you. I'll fix it somehow. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated, and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing podcasting made easy from Podcasting Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is podcasting made easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy. All right. Okay, we're back. It seems something or someone does not want us to talk about this right all right now we get into okay you know we have mysteries and we have tales and we have all this stuff about titans in one area hyperboreans in another area they're Mm -hmm. they're called something different in every area you go but you have to question if everybody in every area is talking about these things, maybe they existed at some point in time. Now, I believe the reason that we don't see them so much 
and we see our Norse gods and our Greek gods and Roman gods and so much stuff still to this day, the Egyptian gods, is because they happened after the last flood. Yeah. I believe that the final Hyperboreans died in the last inundation, that there were no more breeders of them left. So, but um, that, that makes me think like if they were all, like if the actual old ones, the Hyperboreans, if they were wiped out with that flood, like would that be, uh, would that have been the purpose of the of that flood like that somehow the, the someone the watchers is in the religious books i mean yeah isn't that like um like the flood of noah like wasn't that meant to uh, wipe like, out everybody but adam and eve yeah like kind of you know re resets the earth um which is funny you know i've, I've been doing podcasts um about tartaria and that's you know that's all reset talk and whatever and like a lot of flood myths and it's 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 funny like how so much of it is connected or, or can be connected to each other now we don't see the titans and the hyperboreans because they went out after what one full reset ago right and yeah. in our span of reset Now, I, I believe we're in the fourth, right? Since the Titans were first dropped in the Garden of Eden and all that, I think we're in the fourth cycle of mankind, okay. right? And I can date back different ice ages and polar flips and show the different inundations and the continental changes. And you can see where different structures, there, there was another one that happened about 32,000 years ago also, right? And uh, I, I believe that one, That one is when our gods were born. Our Greek gods, our Roman gods, our old gods, our base gods. I think that is, they came from the last cycle. Okay. They taught mankind through it. The flood happens, some of them survive, right? And that would have been what we will, we know it as Ragnarok. I believe Ragnarok already happened, but it's going to happen again because it's a cycle. It doesn't stop. Yeah. I mean, if, if anything, it's, it's happening again, or we're at the, uh, we're at the starts, start of it. Yeah. Starts with Ash and Elm and ends with, uh, was it Lyft and Lyftraiser or Sif and Lyftraiser, wherever you want to put the area, you yeah. know? So, I, I honestly believe that we're in between that cycle, but the last cycle before us was the one of our gods, right? Mm -hmm. That was the time of our gods. When our gods saw Kronos tear a hole in the sky, there are the, the old Greek gods and Roman gods, they saw the, yeah. the tear between the heaven and the earth. Well, Kronos is time, right? Yeah. Now, he may have been a literal being, and they were talking about he created the concept of time aging all right because oh. think about it the titans didn't age no they were eternal yeah the, the the first ones the like the actual old ones and even the ones after that like we uh talked about in the the previous podcast like the, the kings of sumer you know they they live for thousands of years and now you know it's it's a miracle when you know when we 
I mean, like 80 years old is considered old already. Like, compare that to like just the Sumerian kings list, ru like ruling for several thousands of years, not even talking about living. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, think about this. Just, I mean, just the one little concept of it. The Titans were killed by their own children. Yeah. Right? The Norse gods came to demise in different ways, right? But it was at the hands of their own relatives and then basically striking each other down in the creation of things. Yeah. Right? Now, it's described as a giant falling and creating mountain ranges and another giant falling and creating a sea, right? <clears throat> we look at the mountain and the head of the guardian of the Badlands. Looks like a titan fell down, right? Oh, that's a good one. Like, could that actually be... Saying, like, uh, like, could that actually uh, be a, a literal petrified titan i mean it would explain like just the, the, how perfectly sculpted it looks like even even if you're a giant to sculpt something like that in a mountain range or, or out of a mountain range it's it's well impossible near impossible unless you're i don't know several thousands of miles tall but uh, i i doubt that because then you're right. getting into stratosphere and but um that's that's it's funny because that's also with uh with tartaria you know uh, petrification liqua uh, liquefaction um like some certain uh marble statues for example are said to be um or believed to be actual petrified people just because the detail is insane like flowing garments and whatever but sculpted out of marble so it, it would not surprise me if it's a a actual now, petrified old one now what it, it's described that ash and elm were made from logs rolling up onto the shore right yeah wood Right? Wood petrifies, it turns to petrified wood. Some people call it stone after time. It does become stone, but technically it's still just further petrified wood. Yeah. So, I mean, is it possible that an organic material falls down and fossilizes in place in the shape of its form? I, absolutely, you know? We have trees that have died that were monstrously large that are now still standing and fossilized. You know, we have Titan trees fossilized. Why not Titan beings as well? I mean, even I with the with the Ice Age, like blizzards happening so fast that we we found mammoths with like still still chewing on their food. We're buttercups, still with, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Buttercups in their mouth, chewing them up, frozen in place, like the wind came at it face first and just done. So if that. If that can happen with, you know, with ice and, and just frozen in place, like, why not just, like, instant or almost instant petrification? I mean, now, I'll believe I, it. I have another really classy question for you, right? This is like one of those that'll go, hmm, all right. Okay. We have lizards nowadays, right? 
yeah this big this big crocodiles right different yeah. sizes of yeah. lizards we have ancient lizard skeletons that are effing huge called them dinosaurs right yeah. and back then we also had um mushrooms size of trees right now we also have i don't know monkeys their skeletons modern monkeys we have all kinds of different sizes of them we have mm -hmm. their skeletons proof they existed we look back a couple thousand years we got giant monkey or a couple million years giant monkeys all right how come every species had a giant version except for people oh dude that is a good question how come every species came from something enormous except for people yeah oh huh. dude right like it just seems like there's a big piece missing right in the middle somebody just knocked the block out and said all right figure the rest out yourselves dude that makes so much sense like if every living thing like ha had the giant version or you know is is like the, the came down from a, a giant version of it or whatever yeah you know elephants all of them I whales mean, even, sharks. we even have you know we, we still have giant lizards like komodo dragons Th those creatures are they're huge yes but like titana boa we still have regular boas now yeah we have oh, boas I, now that are I would six not... nine feet long but we at once had the titana boa at 90 feet okay i Where's would the not titanic? want to encounter one of those right where's the titana human didn't exist like everyone had had a giant version everything was huge you know like i just mentioned mushrooms the size of trees everything everyone but us humans now when did the term fairy tale come out in, in reference to giants uh, i don't know i don't know when the first ones were uh, were written but I, I can imagine when the um like when the church the like the christian catholic church really got big in um in europe like there was also um mother Goose. yeah it, it was also a way to uh like to preserve our um our heritage and our stories and whatever but now we take them as stories as fairy tales but yeah. i think they were much more literal, literal than we take them now all right now i i've been trying to wrap my head around that one question since i was a kid right i i remember being fascinated with dinosaurs as a kid right oh I yeah the different eras the triassic jurassic cretaceous blah 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 every now, boy was right right i found it fascinating and then I started learning about the, the mammalian eras, right? We had giant mammals of every type. Still fucking And all of a sudden, people just effing happened. Like, you know, like all of a sudden we just happened. Yeah, like we, we just replaced them. And but we, we, we started out small, like even smaller than we are now. Like we just, we got bigger over time. Like this is the biggest we've like humanity has been so far i mean now, if you look at all the other things if even, anything even we've shrunk even even as far back as a thousand years ago right a little further let's go back to maximus thrax again right mm -hmm. average person at that time five foot four five foot five 
in Rome. Yeah, that makes it still, more appalling to look at that guy. Still in the Mediterranean, people are about that small. Like they, uh, in Northern Europe, we are um, on average we're the tallest. Now, I, that that question just rings my head, man. Where's the fossilized people? Obviously, we've been finding them. There's newspaper articles about them. You know, we, we yeah. have the giant people, right? So I started looking into the organizations that were handling the mounds. Uh, right? they, were, they were handling them all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Eastern Mound Association, let's get into them, all right? Who was handling the mounds in North America? Well, the Eastern... <laughs> okay, I find this funny. Um, the Eastern Mound Association was founded by eugenicists, man. <clears throat> All right, there was this guy named Powell, right? He's the head of the, it's actually called the Eastern Mounds Division, and you can look this up. And he is very closely working with Charles Darwin's son, Leonard Darwin, right? Oh, yeah. Another area that these two are bumping heads in, right? Anyways, um, they, they, their exact claim, all right, was that they could not let the history of savage people or barbarians have an older or more ancient cultural impact on society than the civilized versions of ourselves, right? Now, if you look into their class system, this is no joke, dude. How did Darwin classify people? Three classes of human evolution, mm. all right? Savages, barbarians, and civilized. Yeah, all right? with them, of course, being in the civilized category. Right, now, this organization that's handling all the mounds that are let's just say 75% Native American and 30% a unknown white race that is very tall, bearded with blue eyes, right? Because all the mm. Indians on the East Coast talked about them. Some of them called them the moon-eyed people. Some of them called them the ant people. We don't know exactly what they are because we don't have any left, right? Or they've so far integrated into society that now, there are still Indian tribes that have some of the Moonite descendants. And what they're finding is that these tribes have like a whole bunch of anomalies in their genealogy. Like, mm. um, they're finding like Basque Gaelic DNA amongst Indians. If okay. that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, does that make any sense at all? You know, it's um. like the Indians were on this continent, the Basque Gaelics. When they both originated before Mesopotamia, um, they're around their own continents. So I mean, how did I know Spain and, and Portugal had, um, you know, a, a big interest in the no, 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 uh, in no, the no. American. They were here when the Indians arrived, bro. The Indians told the tales of that. They were already the, here. When the, the Indians came. The Indians say where they came from. They came over the land bridge. In between, they said in between floods, there was a land bridge. A lot of their tribes migrated that land bridge. They, they tell where they Ooh. came from, right? But they said when they got here, the Moonai people were already here. Dude. Yeah. That's. Yeah, yeah that's heavy, that, right? You have American Indians. 
dude, that's that's northern Spain. That's that's Great Britain. Like, how how do they? We're on the continent pre-Mesopotamian times, right? The tales of the the peoples in South America and Mexico traveling north. They didn't come so far north because of the tribes that were there. These giant white tribes. Some of them were red-haired. Some of them were blonde-haired and blue-eyed. The red-haired ones were cannibals. Mm-hmm. So they didn't cross a certain border at that point in time. It was like mid-Mexico or uh, northern Mexico. Like yeah. put a line down the middle of it. And you don't find too many ancient civilizations relating to the Maya coming north of there. No, that's right? they. They all stayed south. Now. But there were other tribes up here. There were um, Native American Indians, and the Native American Indians told the same tales of these red-haired cannibals and of the white-haired giants that were here before they came. So I'm just saying, like, I I honestly think Darwin's whole blah, blah, blah with the (laughs) eugenics thing, you know, and then his son carrying down the whole blah, blah, blah with the eugenics thing. Yeah, I don't dig the whole... we don't like to use the word racism, all right? We don't like to use the word supremacy because we're all people, brother. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You 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 and I know our beliefs, right? Yeah. The tribe the tribe is not about that. Nah, man. But these people have a motive now, right? When you look far enough in, you can find what is their motive? Why would the Smithsonian hide all these giant skeletons? Well, here's why. Because they couldn't let the history of barbarians or savages overshadow their own. Yeah, and they have a, a vested interest to uh, to get the out of Africa theory. Yes. The only accepted theory. This, this is the way that I look at it. Yeah, they admit that the American Indians exist, but their thing is, and the, the people on the North American continent, it's when the route goes past a certain length, they're saying nothing happened here, right? And, and this is where the Mesopotamia route comes down just a little further. I honestly think it's the opposite. I think the North American route and the route that that, that are in uh, the Turkey and the Bosnia area, where the oldest stuff on the planet is being found. So I I think there were multiple cradles, right? But North America, Turkey, and the whole Bosnia, Chechnya, Herzegovina, that whole area, they're finding much older stuff. Right. With, the, the with the Denisovan cave and, and the all that. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. They will scream that the Bosnian pyramids aren't real. But, bro, watch the videos of them going through the tunnels underneath them. They are not natural, right? Those tunnels have been filled for 32,000 years. Yeah. So who carved those tunnels 32,000 years ago, right? Who made... Here's an even better question, Stein. Who made piezoelectric blocks out of giant pieces of quartz covered in an iron and ceramic mixture? You know the little element that's in your your quartz watch battery? Yeah. They're all under that pyramid. So that's that pyramid's highly charged. That there's an energy vortex coming off the top, and I haven't seen any of that statistics. I'm, I'm, I, I dig into the archaeology end. There's mm-hmm. a lot of esoteric stuff around it, and I haven't really dove that far into the esoteric end of it. But oh, dude, they I, I love have, I love esotericism. Shoot, shoot me that they, shit, man. They have 
some type of recording that I've seen where they're showing this column of spinning energy coming off the top of that thing. Now yeah. those piezoelectric blocks put out a constant frequency of like 20 hertz, right? And they have these holes in the sides of them. And the first thing that clicked into my head is how do you tune up a crystal to a watch and get it to vibrate and get the watch, you know, working? How does the yeah. quartz work and watch? It vibrates really fast, piezoelectric, pushes out a little charge, keeps your watch going for a long time, right? Yeah. The battery yeah. in your watch is just to power an electromagnet around the quartz crystal. So that vortex then must have powered something that that pyramid must have powered something. Now, here's here's my question. Let's say another inundation happens, right? I mean, wipes mankind slap the F out. Let's say the sea engulfs the land again. We have another 70 feet of mud on the ground all over the continental US, right? People that survived were the ones that just so happened to be up in the hills. They didn't come out of their caves for quite a while because of all the fallout and everything else going on, right? Yeah. But eventually they come out when their food supplies start to run out. They, you know, start re-civilizing and setting things up because then the only priority is live, live, live every day, right? You don't yeah. come out of a cave after an inundation like that and go, okay, now we have to hurry up and write down everything we remembered before. No, their first thing to do is find food, create a new shelter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like live. Make sure right? today that you're still alive by tomorrow. Correct. You know, let's stop the tigers and the other cannibals from eating us because humanity has devolved into such a point because everybody's starving now because all the crops were covered in mud, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. You're walking across the mud and all of a sudden you see this big conical tower sticking out of the mud, this giant thing. There's another one next to it. And I mean, like nobody knows what they are. They were buried when we came out of the caves, right? But I mean, everybody's worried about living and setting up new cultures and civilizations. And I mean, it would take hundreds of us to undig this thing. So we'll get to it eventually, right? But let's it's, get yeah, ourselves it's, right. It's not a priority right now. Yeah. Right, right, right. So eventually they undig these things, right? And there's these big, huge conical stone things. But I mean, like there's no real writing on them. You can see where these metal plates and things used to be, but they're mm -hmm. gone from the seawater. I mean, they just eroded completely, rusted and swelled and they're no yeah, longer and, after. And everyone who knew what it's for is no buried along right with them. Right. Right, but meanwhile, it's a nuclear power plant, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, just picture a nuclear silo sticking up out of the mud. If we came through another inundation and came out of it five, six, seven, eight, ten generations later, when we finally have enough people to try and maybe dig it up and see what it is, and there was only like, you know, two great, great grandparents that used to tell stories of how this thing was a god power and it used to give us electricity and all this other shit, right? Well, generations of people later, they're like, yeah, whatever our grandparents said was crazy. We'll go figure out what this thing actually does. They yeah. dig it up, now they're looking at it with brand new eyes. Now look at a brand new, look at a nuclear power plant as a nine-year-old. What the F is it? Right? It's, now yeah. nine-year-olds obviously could probably answer that stupid question, but I mean, take a kid out of the Amazon rainforest, you know, growing up in a tribe, show them a nuclear power plant and ask them what it is, right? Kid's yeah. not gonna have any idea. 
No, right. like when he when he sees there is, you know, such power made by it, yes. he'll, he'll think it's divine. He'll think it's something of, of the gods. Correct. Right. Now we find the three great pyramids to be much older than the other pyramids in Egypt. There is not a single hieroglyph carved in the pyramid of Khufu, right? There was mm-hmm. nobody ever found in it. So what was it? Yeah, and they had uh, a golden capstone and were at one time uh, laced oh, with white marble. Yeah, like yes. that's m- marble is that's heavy and hard to move and hard to work with, and especially to keep it in a polished form out God, in the desert. <laughs> like, have you ever cut marble, Stein? No, no, but I mean. Even with modern tools, keeping a polished edge on marble is insane, dude. Because after you cut it or chip it or mar the outside of it, in order to keep that polished finish, there's a lot of work that goes into it, even with electrical tools. I cannot imagine somebody throwing sand on it and rubbing it with a piece of bark until it was partially smooth. Yeah, I just like oil and smoother grit to polish it a little further no a a piece of cloth oil and sands and just like go up and down the whole freaking pyramids or you know have have hundreds or thousands of people like scrubbing at the same time out in the the deserts i mean you could you can make slaves do a lot of things but you're gonna need a hell of a lot of slaves to do that man Here's, here's my question, right? And here's another thing that geology, like it so kicks me that scientists go, faux pas, that is garbage. We can't even accept it. Atlantis, all right? Mm-hmm. Plato saw it. Plato was a very reputable person, okay? Oh yeah. Quite, right? He saw, well, he didn't see Atlantis. He saw texts from Atlantis in the Alexandria library, yeah. right? Now, we know how tectonic plates work. We know how mountain ranges are formed. Tectonic plates crash together, Earth pushes up in the air, we have a mountain range. When that happens underwater, it makes an island, right? Well, plates yeah. move away. Plates move away from each other sometimes too, right? When those plates move away from each other, the mountain goes back down under the sea, yeah. right? We know from Pangea until now, our continents have collided dozens of times, right? We can look at our mountain ranges And based on how tall and pointy they are, we know how old they are. How Mm. much wind erosion has has gone on with them. So we know- At one time it was one big continent, like the whole land mass was one big land mass. We can basically look backwards in time and figure out which mountain ranges are the oldest, which areas are the oldest, based on the mountain ranges, right? Because the mountain ranges that are the newest are going to be the tallest and the least wind eroded ones and blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah. Now we know everywhere a mountain range is formed, two plates came together, pushed the land up. Except for some mountain ranges are volcanoes. They're naturally forming pimples on the face of the earth. Right? Yeah. Now they, they push up for their own reason and not necessarily at a fault line. But we know why the the big ranges were formed. Now in the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean, we have fault lines. So why when the plates were moving, could there not have been an island out there? I mean, the United States and Africa grew apart. Why would Atlantis not have fallen back into the sea? Yeah, that's that's 
very possible, you know, look look at Africa and look at South America, like with a bit of measuring like you yeah, you can you can fit them into each other. So like even even just looking at that, you 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 know that at one time, you know, it was a big landmass. So yeah, when those when those plates came a little closer together after one of the last inundations, they didn't collide this time, but they came closer together. They pushed a giant island up out of the ocean, right? Then the last inundation happened and Africa and the United States actually moved further apart. We can look back in history and see that, right? What would have happened when, uh, when Africa and the United States pull apart? The mountain range goes back down into the water, yeah. right? They're at the tectonic line just folds right back in now scientifically you can prove atlantis exists just because of that fact right Mm -hmm. now we find the easiest way to find it would be i guess go look for the tectonic line and look at the ocean floor right around it because that's going to be the tallest point where the peak was you know the the peak of the island of atlantis yeah i mean tectonic plates don't like crash and and go back without leaving some sort of evidence like a big crash like that there there's bound to be something you know you now giants back to you know nice little segue but back to how does that relate to the giants all right obviously the smithsonian has been wiping away history because it doesn't fit their narrative quite yeah. simply it fit their narrative right and if somebody alters their narrative they have to alter darwinism they have to alter history they have to alter so much think about it just I, about everything like they mm-hmm. they have to well literally rewrite history history they, yeah admit that gobekli tepe actually exists admit that uh a couple of the north american sites exist like Come on, Ad- man. Admit that yeah, like the gods right? are actually real and that the Titans actually existed and that they possibly have some sort of idea of where they were held, because that, that wouldn't surprise me. Like they're holding so much information back that would not surprise me at all. Now we can look back in between the last inundation, let's say the last eleven thousand six hundred years. We've got a fairly good idea of things that happen, but where are those missing pieces, bro? I mean, you know, we're finding dinosaur skeletons all over Tennessee and the East Coast, and the East Coast Mound Association obviously was put together for a reason, right? Because they're finding these mounds all over the place. They're getting funding by the boatload, right? But what's in these mounds? If, If, you know, they were calling them burial mounds, well, if there's no giant skeletons, what the F was buried there, bud? How come there's thousands and thousands of burial mounds, but only like 42 skeletons at like six foot seven and smaller? I guess the other ones were put there just for shits and giggles. Being, you know, I like, yeah, right? Like seriously. Now- I, ju- I just felt like making a mount. Sure. Now, you see the, you seen the video that I posted in the group the other day where I was walking around in the in the swampy area where there was a triangle jetty of land in the swamp. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Dude, there's this spot and it's it's a state park, right? Mm-hmm. And just about everywhere that I've been that I've found mounds like this just so happens to be state park or nature reserve or conservation area, right? Yeah. So you can't go in there and start digging, right? But right in this one, they say 
If you look at an area where there's water and look for a peninsula of any sort, if there is a mound on that peninsula, there is a body underneath it. In Florida, mounds don't happen naturally. We have little rolling hills and different landscape functions, but you're not gonna find a 30 foot round, 11 foot mound in the middle of a swamp unless somebody put it there. In a swamp? Yeah. That's that's not really the place for a mound. <laughs> Well, look at, look at a lot of the burial mounds in Florida are right along bodies of water. A lot of them are right on the edges of swamps. Matter of fact, the oldest remains they found yet of human beings that were perfectly fossilized mm -hmm. were in Windover, which is right on the east coast of Florida, just north of where I'm at. They were all buried in a peat bog, man. Perfectly preserved. They still had brains in their heads, thousands of years old. Whoa. Yes. So they were able to DNA them and everything, dude. You can look up the Windover bog bodies. They found multiple of them and it's easily findable. And I mean, they weren't giants, so they didn't cover it up, you know? But mm -hmm. you look at those, they're buried in a bog right there. Now in in you in all of the mounds in that I've seen in Florida now. The East Coast Mound Society, this guy says something that really got me in, in their mission statement. And it specifically said something about the state that they were in. I believe it was Ohio. And then they said something about Florida. And they were talking about the two mounds in those two areas. It might not have been Ohio. I might be wrong about one, the Ohio one, but I remembered the Florida one. Mm, obviously. Right? Because it said that the mounds in those two areas had some of the most grossly large human remains that you could possibly imagine, right? Mm. Now, this is coming from the mouth of a scientist who is digging up mounds all over the place, right? Yeah, you, you think he knows what he's talking about. Right, right, right. Now, the East Coast Mound Society takes over and the mounds are still getting dug up, but all the remains are just disappearing. Now, I'm just saying if <laughs> if they all disappear and maybe we need to do something a little different to preserve these archeological dig sites. Like yeah, maybe or... an organization in charge of preserving them is picking up big time. Yeah, right? like put, put someone else in charge because obviously the ones in charge are right, right. not doing the best job. You right know, now, our history is important to us. Yeah. Right? Now, most cultures base everything around their histories. Right? It's who we are. It's where we come from, you know? We're having a piece of history wiped away before our eyes. It's being done. Obviously, there are newspaper articles about it and stories about it and proof that these things were dug up because there was photographs graphs of them now and then the smithsonian got their hands on it and now there's not right when mm -hmm. is somebody gonna go hey maybe the smithsonian's fucking up you know like when's somebody gonna intervene they're not the smithsonian is in ties with the same government that they're sitting underneath of so they have free reign to destroy history taper a narrative and mm -hmm. keep us all going um hey dude we can see this going on with like <laughs> yeah but that's like that's the reason why we're uh, we're doing this podcast too, you know, right? To uh, right. because now it's becoming a mainstream topic again. 
So maybe something is going to be brought to light soon. You know what I mean? That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping if enough people scream about this and look at all of the piles of evidence, dude. I mean, piles and piles and piles. And all the evidence has the same conclusion. Smithsonian got it, then it disappeared. We don't know what happened, right? Yeah. Maybe somebody will go, hey, you know what? Let's just reassess what's going on. There's some digs going on right now. We're going to stop them. We're going to put a different organization in charge of it, and we'll take over from here, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, you you find things in other countries like Egypt, right? Now, Egypt, a 28-centimeter finger was found fossilized, human. 28-centimeter finger. That's a big-ass finger. This is... This is around the whole area between the Valley of the Kings and then south of there in Sudan, there's another set of pyramids, like another whole gang pile of smaller pyramids. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, this is in one of the areas where they found like one of the lesser mounds, right? And they're not giving up any of the other stuff that they found there, but somebody hijacked a finger from the place. And they've been like taking pictures of it, passing it around. It's been tested at independent labs. Oh, so they, know, believe, they know it's human. I believe I've seen I've seen that picture, like even with the, the fingernail still attached. Partially wrapped. Yeah, yes. that's that's huge. Like imagine well five or six of those and then the hand the actual hand it's attached to. Oh my god. <laughs> right. So like I said, giants were here. Right? We know this. Gang piles of evidence, right? But the coolest evidence, I, I think, is some of the stuff we found most recently. The Hyperborean tablet. Come yeah. on, man. That is awesome, dude. Yeah, like, but it's but a weird combination of metals for that slapstone, though. It obviously had some other type of purpose, and I can't, like, I've been trying to look up like what that composite and compound is. There's nobody that uses that known list of ingredients now. No, but it's it's a very good um, conductor, tungsten and yeah. gold preserved forever, and they're both great conductors. I, we, I mean, I we can't... still use them like we use tungsten for our lights. You know, a small like gold is is found in very small pieces like in in our TVs and laptops and whatever because it it conducts so incredibly well and doesn't corrode or wear away yeah so I mean I I can see why they use it if they want if if the goal was just preservation over time I get that because that gold block is going to stay a gold block unless a rock falls on top of it and dents it a little bit, it's still going to be the same gold block, you know, 10,000 years from the time it was buried. Yeah. You know, it's 55% gold and 30% tungsten. It's pretty dense and hard too. Right? Now, I don't know That's if they see granite. And you're right. 1,700 tons, 55% of which was gold. So now you have 8 150 tons of gold just laying around for a slapstone like right right like Like, no no biggie it's enough wealth to buy kazakhstan but i'm just gonna put a tombstone made out of it right (laughs) sure you know you can you can buy a country or you can make it a tombstone (laughs) of it like and then still apparently have 
gold to spare because I, I can't imagine them using all the gold they had, whoever they were, just for for the tomb or for the slapstone. Like maybe that's that was like more common or like preserved for the I don't know, like for the, the, the tribal elders or just, you know, special people, high up people or whatever. But then still, that's the gold to buy an entire country now. Imagine what that was worth then. Like, dude, I'd rather buy a country from it. Right, right. Or pass it down to my children to buy a country with, you know, like something. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Like you can buy one big country or just a, a couple of islands. Like, dude, I, I know what I'd be doing. Right, I got another thing to make you think a little, Stein. <clears throat> They're covering up all this information. Government organizations are in charge of it. So obviously the echelon, the elite, they know what's going on. Yeah. They yeah. know why it's being covered up. Some people got the inside note right like think about what's going on right now with all of the rich elites what are two of the richest men in america doing simultaneously trying to get off of earth yeah why would apparently be, mars is the place to be right now uh, yeah or maybe just like not on the ground when the magnetic pole shift happens Maybe just hanging out inside the space station, docked to it with a little extra food. Yeah, and then, you know, come back when things have cleared up. Right, right, right. So that they can rule become the, the god. Uh, yeah, like and and rule the remaining population, huh? What happens when people come down from the sky? Let's say they go up there in uh, their little pecker-shaped spaceship that Bezos built, right? Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Like, come on, dude. You could at least make it look cool. Jesus Christ, you're rich. I mean, like, how, how Dr. Evil can you get? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh my God, the beginning scene from Austin Powers being yeah, played. Yeah, watching That thing. Oh my God, it's a giant. Johnston, did you see that thing? Yeah. Like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> those clips are still ringing in my head. Anyways. <laughs> These guys are trying to get off the ground. They're building ships to do this because they know. Right? But like, isn't that with all the ancient civilizations that their gods or a lot of their gods have come down in ships, spaceships? They came, they, they came out of caves and started their civilization. A generation in, some golden bearded guy lands in a lake, comes out and we call them Quetzalcoatl, you know? I mean, I'm just saying. Gods from the, the sky and other, and other resets. Oh, dude, lot of, and like, you know what that does, Stein? It seals up the ancient alien theory too, bro, because guess what? They were aliens, but they were just us. Dude, I've been um, watching videos from a, um, a creator, Gigi Young. Um, and what she is uh, saying, what she's, what she's claiming, and I, I do believe that, that um, like there are people on Mars, there are people on Venus, but they're like either higher or lower versions of ourselves. Yes. 
Yes. Now, I've also heard this super interesting theory, dude, and it rung my bell so hard. How many pictures, videos, clips, live stream from the orbiting satellites have you seen on the backside of the moon? They call it the dark side, but it's not dark. The light from the sun wraps all the way around it, right? Yeah. The moon has enough ambient light on the dark side of it that a normal human being can see. When they were traveling around them in the capsules and they were orbiting the moon, they could see the features on it. They were recording it, right? But somehow all the video of the dark side of the moon is gone. All the clips of the dark side of the moon is gone. All the mapping of the dark side of the moon has heavily edited areas in it. Like the a couple of those earlier astronauts that landed there, I mean, those tapes have been erased too, obviously, that they said, like, we're not alone. We are being watched and basically told to scrap. Yep, that's why our moon project ended and didn't continue for another 40 years. It just stopped for 40 years. Now, let me ask you this. I would be scared shitless, man. Stein, how many industries do you invest that many billions of dollars to have a successful mission to the moon, have a second successful mission to the moon, and then just go, ah, that was cool. Fuck it, let's give up for 40 years. Oh, man, you, you keep going unless, you know, something happens and- Right. There, there is a reason, like a really, really good reason not to go back as, man, that was mankind's now, well, greatest feat of the, the, now, the modern age. I have to ask you this question too, and, and this one rings my bell, right? Why are we colonizing Mars so far away instead of the moon? Why wouldn't our first colony be right there? I mean, it is literally right there. And if we can make Mars live, if we can make Mars livable, then I guess with a little more effort and a, you know, a couple dozen billion more, I mean, they're squeezing us anyway, so why not? We can make the moon livable too, or just, you know, go underground terraform. there. Yeah. Terraform, dome. Build domes, man, terraform. That's all we or, have to or do. Just, or, or go underground, like make cave systems or whatever, like what same we're doing here. Have you seen those pop-up government shelters they have that they're basically like a, uh, like almost like a liquid plastic and they blow them up and when they stop inflating them, they just harden, right? Mm. How hard would it be to put a bunch of those on the moon and anchor them in, right? But instead, now it's a 72-hour trip to the moon, by the way, right? How long does it take to get to Mars? Nine months? months same yeah. issues those same issues you get to mars and you have no atmosphere iron soil inhospitable temperatures but we're going to do the same exact thing on mars that we could just do on the moon instead why yeah i don't know so many things in that that don't make sense dude yeah i mean you could even like even if you want to go to Mars, like, you can make the moon, like, the, the stopping stop, point? Yeah, like the stop in between. Like the Las Vegas of the trip? For example, you know, or just like a, a place to, you know, rest and, and 
I don't know, get some way. get something to eat, get something to drink, whatever. Like uh, make it a a, a restaurant. stop. Yeah, for and, example. Yeah, I mean the we're moon, bypassing it altogether. The moon would definitely be the best place for that because you know it's right in between. It's it's pretty close to Earth and it's not, I guess. I mean, relatively speaking, of course, not not that much further away from Mars, but yeah, we're skipping it altogether. Right. Now, have you seen the size of a Discovery rocket? They're huge. Right. You could put literal entire apartment buildings inside of it. Right? Some of the bigger scale ones, even more so, right? But like those rockets, the Challengers, the Discoveries, they were not small, right? They carried entire satellites up into space in those things, dude. Satellites that were like, you know, two Volkswagen buses long and shit. So, I mean, you can, you could basically just land a Discovery rocket on the moon that's already hermetically sealed, right? And figure out some kind of solar oxygen generator. <coughs> You'd be okay. You can have, I mean, they want, us li they want us living in pots anyway, so you can, you can build them right into the spaceship like it right it can be done like i'm like, sure there's someone clever enough to make a design for it uh, like i could i could i'm a designer and engineer by trade i went to school learned the visually integrated engineering window you know back when it was 7.0 i learned view 7.0 but it's probably mm -hmm. like new version 9.9 .9 by now anyways autocad and intellicad I, I could tell you how to design a self-sustaining ship that you could take to the moon using one of the discovery rockets and in the payload bay basically you're carrying two greenhouses full of seeds and starter for soil which you would need like clay and some biome matter and then you basically just feed it your own feces and food waste from then on and it starts to self-perpetuate right but yeah. it also puts oxygen and methane and different usable gases so you could easily terraform with one rocket, dude. Just send it up there, boom, you've got a base set, all set up. You need a pickup, right? You send the two people up there to set it up, they drop it off. Send another rocket up after it, they go back down with a you know, four-man crew and take the other two men back with them. Now you've got a temporary base on the moon, right? You can bring oxygen canisters until the greenhouse, you know, on, on the return trip when you come back to pick the guys up drop off some more oxygen canisters now it's sitting by itself creating its own oxygen right it's yeah. catching you rays from the sun in the greenhouses there's no wind to blow them over and the plants all they need is the soil beneath them and the sunlight above them and a little bit of water i mean Boom. if you're creating oxygen by themselves if like you as a like average joe can can think of think of this why? Why haven't they? Are like aren't aren't they? Uh, like especially Musk. Like he is so lauded nowadays. Like he's he's the new hero. He's the new savior. I guess. Um, like I he, think that, I mean, I not, not taking away, not taking away anything from from Musk. Like yeah, he's he's a smart dude. For oh, yeah. sure. I mean, you, you don't get that successful. I mean, there are, of course, certain things you have to do for it, but um, like you don't get there without just having a big brain. If you can think of it, why can't he? Why can't the people that he hired, why can't the people that, that you know, are in his 
inner circle? Why can the SpaceX people think of it? Why can NASA think of it? Like they're the ones wanting it. They're the ones like wow. trying to. That's my point. You mean to tell me they haven't thought about using the moon as a step? No, we just have to go straight to Mars instead. Come on, man. Like something in that just doesn't click. You know what I mean? It, it Something's wrong with that whole picture, bro. We, we land on the moon, check it out, and then haul ass and don't go back for 40 years. Yet we keep our space program up going at that time. After we went to the moon, our goal was to build space weapons. Now, hold on a minute. We got to the moon, <laughs> and then we come back and we're like, we're not going back there. But what we do need to do is build a barrier of space lasers between us and the moon. Why? Come on, man. Something's going on here, right? Yeah, well, b- because of because of reasons. Because, you know, the, the, the government says, NASA says, we need it. And don't ask questions. Just, we know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we've, we wind up in this situation with a group that has motive and an agenda to not be honest that is in charge of our history being run by a group that has motive and is not honest that is in charge of our entire free world right and now they're coming together and forming something called spacex at the same time they're putting together the new world order and the world economic forum i'm just saying like they're setting up they're erasing our history trying to control us now and like spin a narrative for the future for the benefit of mankind which mankind just their kind that's the thing you know like i I, mean if if they're men you know I, i don't know what they are possibly i think those might be the soulless seculars (laughs) <laughs> secular debaters excuse me like I, I, I don't know man like I've gotten into that topic a lot lately too you know what I mean the soul being the God receiver right and the reason that some people can't feel God is because they've either a turned off their receiver or B were born with improper equipment and it might have been a supply chain issue it might have been um, too many <laughs> too many people breeding without faith and souls weren't being created just bodies were i don't know yeah no that's that's another theory i um that i heard before indeed that um like the, the reason why um when when mankind was still so religious and and spiritual like why the uh population was a lot smaller because you know we didn't um like everybody already we we had a a heavenly body so there was really no need to like have six kids providing for us or you know like have 12 kids and and hope that enough survive to be able to uh to take care of us and that a, a lot of people walking around nowadays are well basically npcs like they are they're a body and they function like a human being you know they they walk they talk and person. act like yeah they walk talk and act like a human being you know they they eat they talk the shit whatever 
but they lack compassion. They lack so many, they're very narcissistic, egocentric. You know, so, you'll find that a lot with people that don't believe, dude. You'll find narcissism, egocentrism, like a lot of. Yeah, and, and maybe based that is. Myself issues. Maybe that is indeed because they lack a soul, because they lack that that connection to divinity. Yeah. And that's another thing. I have always looked for the giants because like I have always recognized our gods as being giants to men and then our gods referring to giants as other things so I mean like I'm looking at three size classes of beings like right I there. mean if if a giant is even a giant for a god like how big are they yeah yeah if our gods are giants and they're looking up calling somebody else a giant you know what I mean how big were they I mean, <laughs> now our gods, we'll, we'll put those in the class of the Greek gods, Norse gods, and let's say they're about 12 to 15 feet tall. They're giants to us, but they're still very much men, right? Sure. Divine in certain ways, different abilities than some men, but they look very much like men, right? Yeah. But then you get into the 30 foot skeletons and taller, and they find things about them that are different, like long teeth or slightly protruded almost like horns on their skull like I, yeah i've seen ah. some weird remains lately dude like i said we'll get into all of this eventually but <laughs> so much of it you know but like i honestly believe that they've tried to separate us from spirituality that that was the goal of the entire thing There's, was to separate us yeah. from our history and our gods and I'd say looking at, you know, the the average um, human being today, that like the the well, just the average world today, I'd say they've been quite successful. Yeah. I mean, you have a few countries where they're still very much grounded, spiritual, and there's tribes of people living that way, but you don't find any big populations that haven't been Catholicized, Christianized, Abrahamized in some way. Uh, and, and even even with those, I don't think that um, like Christianity now is Christian is the same when you know it, it first got started. Like I, I I'm I'm willing to believe that um, like it was just another uh, another religious practice uh just that you know christianity like for for at least in the middle east they had the same purpose you know enlightenment and then all that stuff but like eventually mankind can't uh like cannot not corrupt something like over time everything corrupts Constantine did it and they you know the odd thing is they actually the, the name of that era is something like the fall of consciousness or something like that it like the decline of spirituality and the fall of consciousness the era of Constantine where he monetized the church yeah. that's when it became bastardized in like 300 AD they literally bastardized the church with money I mean, if money is the root of all evil, then why is the church so desperate for money? Yeah, and why is the Vatican... Did you know that the Vatican is not 
just a religious institution, it's also a bank. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Like I've, I've heard stories that they have a huge, huge gold reserve. Um, they hold money for the CIA and the FBI special projects. They hold money for a lot of clandestine government operations from different governments around the world. But and it, out, out of the goodness from of their own hearts, I'm right. assuming. Well, do you think they hire the Swiss Guard and pay them so much to guard religious relics? I mean, true believers, they wouldn't do anything to those relics, I'm assuming. And you don't see a bunch of pagans like rolling up there and, you know, creating havoc. Switzerland has always remained neutral. Yeah, they, it's, it's, since it's the founding of the Vatican. They've had the Swiss Guard there. The Vatican holds money for the Swiss elite, the world's elite, and it's done on a ledger system, kind of like crypto, where it's a numeric system and there's no names on the accounts. So it's not oh. traceable to any individual rhyme, reason, person, or place. And they guard that with the utmost secrecy with the Swiss Guard. Switzerland being neutral, yeah. I mean, it's it's they are the it's always from it. And you know, even if they were, it's it's you know very handy to have all those dirty billions stashed away in a neutral country. Okay, well, picture this. Godzilla's running around destroying the city and Switzerland's just riding on its back going, hey, we're neutral, hey, we're neutral, hey, we're, I mean, they're riding the beast around, profiting off of it, but claiming neutrality. I can't buy it anymore, dude. Nah, there's, there's, <coughs> especially in this world, there's no such thing as neutrality. Stein, that Adam and Eve story kicked it all into play. Dude, when I... When I saw those pieces, it all fell into place, dude. The and missing pieces just kind of rolled. I mean, if if anything, you know, like back to the giants, but in, in relation to the Vatican, if it's in the Bible, if it's in their scriptures, like the, the Vatican, wouldn't they jump on the opportunity to like present them as biblical, present them as holy or the, the ones that have died in like skirmishes or ambushes or wars, like uh, martyr them. Like if, if they are truly that religious and spiritual, man, I jump on the opportunity. You know, giants, they're in the Bible, they're in our, they're in our text, we know, tribes and whatever. Goliath, we can prove that the Old Testament is real, you know, like something like that, right? It would lend credibility. Dude, and isn't that what the church wants? Like, especially now that people are, you know, they're starting to question it again. And you you see a rise in, uh, in paganism and heathenism and whatever, people are going back to the old gods are finding the old gods again because like Catholicism and Christianity is just losing its credibility. If the if they are smart and, and even if it's just to 
you know, keep a grip on the people um, that still believe or like turn over the doubters again. Like, take those giants. Like, they're, they are canon. They are in your texts. They are proof. They are credibility to your story. Like, I don't, I don't get why they, now, my, and this is my opinion, maybe the church doesn't have so much in the historical end of it. I believe the church has their own motives, but it's not the eugenics motive of covering up the cultural part of it. Now, see, the eugenics motive is to cover up the cultural end of it. We can't let their culture be older than ours. We can't yeah. let their culture predate ours. The church is more like if they take the away, yeah, the and money. if they take away the the true religion, the true religious parts and the the true spiritual parts and the eugenics to the cultural, like you you have the two major things. They don't uh, need to you know to take away need, to like uproot us. They don't need the history of it to be in people's faces. They just need that New Testament to be. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. Like how many people will, you know, just go first to the New Testament? Well, the Old Testament says so much other things. You know, that, that if anything, the Old Testament is legit, and the New Testament is just more agenda pushing. That's kind of where I sit with the whole. I believe that the. Christian God exists because I believe he, that all of the gods exist, right? Sure. I have a very, very deep belief that thousands of people in this area believed in this God because they saw him. Thousands of people in this area believed in this God because they saw him, right? That makes them all legitimized. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, sure. But what happens thousands of years later when all of the sudden you realize that you can use the religious institution in a perverted way to get money and to push a certain agenda and to keep people under your thumb and keep them in control like keep, keep them doing what you want yeah keep, keep them docile like let them like provide them with enough so they don't ask questions and if they do ask questions this just give them the most vague and ambiguous answer and they'll get so confused that they'll just stop asking questions because they're they're never going to get a straight answer right now this this is the best like there's there's a have you ever heard of the monkey deity in um um indian culture his name was hanuman hanuman oh i i think so hold on let me can you see the board behind me yeah all right, his name is H-A-N-U-M-A-N, Hanuman. I, right? I believe I've seen that like quite quite recently. I believe someone actually shared it in the tribe. Like we, we do have a uh, like one or two Hindu guys in the tribe. All right, now take the A-N out of it and you yeah. have human there was the hanuman species right 
Now the Henneman species was an entire family of these 32 foot tall to 40 foot tall monkey gods that the ancient Indians said lived right alongside them and taught them. And they weren't apes mentally, they were beyond humans. They were almost divine in their knowledge, hmm. right? In many ways, right? Well, the Sydney Morning Herald, Friday, August 10th, 1934, prehistoric ape found in India, Calcutta, on August 9th, 31 and one half foot long skeleton found. Now, the Indian god Hanuman was a 30 plus foot ape that walked upright. They have those giant footprints in India that I was sending you before. They said yeah. they're the footprints of Hanuman and his descendants and his brothers and sisters. <laughs> well, there's your 32 foot monkey, right? Now yeah, they, they would definitely leave footprints like that. I'm just saying the newspaper articles are there, dude. You can find it in the Sydney Morning Herald, Friday, August 10th, 1934. Uh, it's, right? it's, it's like right under your nose. Like, and that's that's now, the thing they, that here's the here's the here's the thing. Where is the Hanuman skeleton? Let me guess, misplaced. Yeah, yeah, it was on its way to England and disappeared. First, they gave it to a member of the royalty there. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, that's that. That's a good way to get things misplaced. Give it to the... right. Oh, okay. Now the member of royalty somehow passes it along to England. It's supposed to be en route to Oxford to be studied, and then it's going to basically be preserved and put on display after Oxford has had their time to do genetic testing and all this other I mean, stuff. Yeah, in Never the, uh, England, it's, it's, a long, it's a long trip, sure, but right. I mean- I get it, you, you, in England, yeah, you know. But you don't just misplace a, a 30, 32 foot skeleton. Like if you misplace your car keys, sure, but a 32 freaking foot skeleton? Like, what happened? I don't know, I lost it. <laughs> How do you do that? Right. How do yeah, you lose I mean, something this, that huge? This is 1935 between Calcutta and England. Now, the East Indian Trading Company has routes that run that route, that same effing route, all the time. Oh, God, of course the Dutch were involved. Anyways, needless to say, where did it go? Right? I mean, now. I'd be looking at the bottom of the ocean somewhere because I'm willing to bet they just, like, it somehow fell overboard with a storm or whatever. Now, I... I was looking up another one that that I found that and there was also newspaper articles about it. It was in Ecuador, Loja, right? It was called the Chinga Minas area. There was a seven meter tall skeleton that was collected and is supposedly now on display in Switzerland, right? But it's only on like a private tour display so that the public's not allowed to bring cameras when they go in and stuff like that. So, 
I mean, that one I'm gonna keep off to the side. But uh, here's here's another one, right? In Morocco, there's an archaeological site and they have all these axes on display, right? The 500 double-sided axes that were found, sized for a person between 14 to 18 feet tall to comfortably wield. Why did they need 500 of them? And they've been buried when it when they were dug up. They were found with strata that was almost 13,000 years old. So we're gonna go to right before the flood. There was some kind of war about to go on with these giant beings, and they manufactured yeah. 500 of these double-sided axes. And then um, flood happens. 30 feet of earth winds up on top of them in Morocco. 500 axes, like 500 giants wielding giants. Axes, yes. That's now, a terrifying sight. Now, here, here's one that's even closer to the church, and I know you've heard about this stuff, Sardinia, right? The island of Sardinia? Yeah. The giant's tombs there, right? Reuters article, 1953, mm -hmm. Cesare Sardinia, headline, giant skeleton, 4,000 years old. Excavators at Porto Torres found weapons, furnishings, vases with two giant warriors more than eight feet tall. 1953, now, that's like close One year before the Smithsonian started. But that's, that's like, I mean, that's like 69, 70 years ago. That's not even that, that long. Like my, my parents were born like practically 10 years after. I mean, they're, they're from the sixties. So uh, the first uh, documented cases of the Smithsonian disappearing giant skeletons, the first documented case of it was the year after that. So before it became a big deal and well known that Smithsonian was coming in, taking these skeletons, hauling ass with them and they were disappearing, this one is found. There's a Reuters article about it, right? Reuters, oh. Yes. I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll try to add these things into the comments. I'll add <laughs> but, yeah. You know, you know how this goes. Yeah. Now, some of the stuff that they found there was just absolutely insane, dude. Like, the tombs were built with what they called an incubator, right? Now, they, they say that you could look in the tombs and they're empty. We know that when people build a, a, a cairn, right, especially yeah. one that you can get inside of, where's the body? It's under the ground underneath it. It's not in the cairn, you know what I mean? It's not just lying on the ground under the stones, you know what I mean? That would be insane. It wouldn't preserve, blah, blah, blah. No, but, so if like all the, the flesh and whatever has rotted away, yeah, then you, you're left with a, a big empty space. They found a few big skeletons in them, and they said that the theory on that was these warriors that were dying for some reason or another back in the day would go to Sardinia to go into these tombs to try to absorb the energy of the gods. They would go into what they called the incubators, uh -huh. and they would stay the night in one of them. And there were medicinal properties to it. Hmm. Right? Some of the bodies they found above the ground in them make sense. But the sure. eight foot warriors are the only ones they dug up. They haven't dug under any of them. And there's like over a hundred of them on that island that are 
big, I mean big, dude, 12 to 15 foot long burial plots. Big. So, I mean, uh, I I get the the incubator part, you know, the power of the gods. Sure, I get that. But you would find average and, and normal sized man, women, whatever, too, if, if that were the case, if that would be such a powerful place everyone with access to it basically would be using it right just and i mean it it's a cool looking thing when you look it up there's a lot of videos of it It, i mean it looks like a stone doghouse with a door on the front that you basically have to crawl (laughs) into and then you're laying in this open it's like a stone cave basically that was man-made with these stones that are tens of thousands of pounds, right? Now, just a question, but if you're burying a six-foot guy, why are you going to make his grave 15 feet long? I mean, if you, like, with what our ancestors did, if you bury him with, you know, like, tools and, and, and equipment and full armor and whatever, yeah, you got to have... have space for that but then you would find that right in the mount with them yes like they found the vases from around the world like they knew the soldiers were from that area they were thracian right they tested yeah. their dna they, they know they were thracian right but they uh I, i'm just saying they had their weapons they had their other stuff with them they were eight feet tall now there's the only ones we've ever dug up and then Smithsonian happened Smithsonian happened the next year in full force. That's when they basically so that they was the world authority on archaeology. So that was like the the kickoff uh, or like the the last straw when the Smithsonian was like, okay, now we got to intervene. No, like this no, no 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 no. This is going this is this is enough. Like the the public knows enough Arthur. So, where do we draw the line? Do, do we pick it? Somebody like Elon Musk to step in and buy the Smithsonian? Come on, Elon, you free Twitter, dog. Let's free the info, too, man. <laughs> Dude, let's free our history, brother. Come on, Elon, watch this video, man. Free our history. I'm just how, saying. How cool would that be? Uh, <laughs> I, I would uh, vote that guy in as world emperor if he did that shit. I promise you, dude. <laughs> I mean, you know, if 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 everything goes as planned, he'll probably be one of them. So think about this, though, Stein. The person that freed that information would be bringing us closer to our gods again, dude. Would bringing us closer to our history again, our real history, dude. The history that winds up in the newspaper articles, but not in the museums, where it, where you you think it uh, it would end up. What you know, the logical places, man. If if like the whole truth like the the actual truth like all of a sudden just became freely available and popped and like for everyone to see like uh, oh man like 24 7 news cycles just truth and truth and truth and truth dude so many hats would blow i literally put out some of the other stuff in this video tonight that was from some, I was only able to find like 18 of the 230 missing pages of the Adam and Eve book, the Adam and Eve story. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I read that. the original, but I read the 57 pages that they allowed out. And then I found like 11 pages and I put a little bit of those into the, 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 the cast tonight. But uh, the CIA blocked that book, dude. Yeah, and those, those 57 pages, it's, it's probably good info, but not enough to actually be able to like work with. To put it all together? Well, they said that book was dangerous, dangerous enough for the CIA to put a couple million dollars into pulling the book off the street, collecting the drafts of it, threatening the people that knew about the contents of it. But why? Why would the CIA, the, the like, a intelligence commission, like freaking spies? Why would they be so concerned about a book about a like the the, the most well-known biblical story, the the supposed origins of of mankind? All this guy did was put science in the Adam and Eve story and did it in a way that it. He also trans. And here's the dangerous part, bro. And I think this is what did it. He did the thing that nobody else has done. You know how everybody asks the question, well, the Bible's been translated through like seven different languages. How much of it's been altered? Yeah. He learned the contextual meaning of Naga, right? And learned how to read Naga. Mm-hmm. Then found some of like that. He this dude is mo- fluent in multiple languages. Chan Thomas, right? He, uh, he found the original text and translated them directly from the original context into English. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Big mistake. Well, it paints a different story of the Adam and Eve story. It paints, you saw that part, right? Now they let that part out, right? That Adam had a wife before Eve. She died. Da 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 da. Yeah, I mean, they're. they're in there's daughter Adam basically repopulated with his daughter based on Hebrew law Ew. I mean that, yeah that was a dark story bud that was a dark I story mean, I, I know about his first wife uh, Lilith and there there yeah, are a daughter named Eve and then Lilith the, the theory behind Lilith is because there's like three different tellings of it one she was cast out of the garden the other yeah. one was expelled for not being subservient and then the last one she died in childbirth with their second kid i mean is aren't there uh versions that um that she is the snake who seduced eve to eat from the apple well that she was the mother of demons after she was expelled yeah so let's say lilith gets kicked out instead of dying in childbirth right now adam and eve are stuck in the garden of eden solo several seasons go by eve is an adult adam is growing older what are they going to do hebrew law would dictate that they repopulate it was in the the version of the uh the 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 verses of the bible in exodus uh where lot winds up in a cave and his two daughters impregnate themselves while he's passed out drunk, right? Hebrew law dictates that if there's no survivors, the population must go on. So, yeah, but 
I mean, that, that, oh, that, that brings a whole other meaning to everyone is related to each other. Right, right, right. Now, I mean, That's think gross. about the Garden of Eden story. How would the Garden of Eden story work without it? Even if it was just Adam and Eve and, and, and they were the star, and let's put Lilith out of the equation and say Eve's not Adam's daughter and put them as husband and wife instead of father and daughter. What? Where are they going to get any branches in their family tree, bro? Like, I'm just saying. Like, it's nah, going to be a yeah, nah, Like, they, they had... Like, didn't they have three sons, supposedly? Cain and Abel, and one of them killed the other. Yeah, you know, but, and then... But that, then there's also a, a, a part, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that they found themselves wives in, like, another village or whatever. But if they were the only ones in the garden... Where the fuck did those people come from? Okay, and that's where his story, basically when he translated the Naga, it answered all those questions, right? Eve, after her mother died and her and her father were the only ones in the garden, they started a family. They were told, get your family and get the F out of the garden because it's gonna get flooded. There's another inundation coming, right? So Eve tells Adam, hey, listen, I was just told that we have to flee this land right? Because if not, we're going to die. Mm -hmm. So they flee the old Garden of Eden and get to the new Eden, right? Now they're in the new Eden or the land of Nod, however you want to word it, uh, Mesopotamia. And that, that's allegedly where they started started over again, right? That, that kind of would make sense because uh, there are scholars and, and archaeologists and whatever who placed the Garden of Eden um, like somewhere in the uh, the Turkey Syria region so like Iraq Iran the the old Mesopotamia I guess it wouldn't be that much of a stretch to um, to go there to go that way if you're you know if you want to stay in like a, a similar area because you know you're you're used to the the climate and whatever so yeah it, it basically said they left their continent went to the new continent the new eden mm -hmm. and that's when they began to repopulate now adam and eve have the two sons cain and abel one of them kills the other then they have another child and now you've got two sons what do you do well if Eve is indeed still the the only woman, I right. guess that's where you go with it, right? I guess so Fro it, I uh, guess Freud would definitely have a thing to say about that. Uh, right now, when this guy translated this from Naga directly to English without all of the other six languages in between. <laughs> It's a dark story, dude. It's a really dark story, but it's a story of cataclysm, survival, repopulation, another cataclysm, another repopulation. It paints it as a cycle. And it actually, he breaks it down scientifically. The Earth's poles move the whole nine yards. And that's when we get into the magnetic pole flip, where yeah. you know, when the magnetic pole starts to move, the ice caps flip to the equator because it's the heaviest part and the planet starts a whole new rotation. Now, when that happens, the continents move so fast that they literally go right under the water. I mean, they literally just slide so fast that the sea just overcomes them. 
Whoa. Right? It's not actually the ocean moving. It's the land mass moving. In Holy such shit, a bro. way that the, the ocean stays where it's at and the land shoots underneath it and then the sea settles back down. Well, that's why Petra got buried. That's how the original pyramids and the Sphinx got buried. That's how the Gobi Desert in, in China, there's supposed to be another ancient civilization under the Gobi Desert that's supposed to be from the second, right? We're in the fourth right now. Yeah. The one in the Gobi is supposed to be pre-Titans. Well, I, I know the that the, the Sphinx in Egypt has signs of water erosion. Mm-hmm. Now, you look at the other weird facts, like that all of the artifacts in the Pyramid of Khufu were found to be like thousands of years older than all the other pyramids. Yet the Egyptian dynasty only lasted for how many years? It doesn't make sense, dude. When you nah. put their math in front of their graph, it doesn't make sense. And um, another question I have, I am um, really fan of the uh, the hollow earth, hollow earth theory. Um, I just, I, I, I'm not like, I'm not sure if it's, if it's true or not. I just think it's, it's really fascinating. And um, there has been, said that um like in the hollow earth uh that there are living giants there too and that they do come up to the surface at times but like they they don't they they prefer not to because you know of what mankind does when they see something strange we basically we kill it i've got a lot of details on that one too brother a lot of them but <laughs> that'll be our next podcast because that ties into the the dwarfs and stuff too oh yeah because yeah. they they work in the mines and and whatever and oh shit dude right now now i'm just gonna put this one little snippet from it out there all right the american indians on the east coast of america said that when they got here there were white tall, bearded, blue-eyed people here, all right? Welsh, Danes, there's a couple different theories, but, you know, let's just say they predated Sumeria, so how can you say it was Welsh or Danes, right? Right, right, right. You know, areas that didn't get founded until thousands of years after Sumeria. So I'm just saying, like, how can you say it was a group of people that didn't even happen yet? So basically right. just nor- Northern European or what we now consider to be no. Northern Europe. They called them the moon-eyed people. But on the West Coast of America, you have somebody called the ant people. Now the Indians have the same story with them. We migrated down here and there was two races already here. These giant red-haired giant cannibals, right? And then the ant people. Well, the ant people and their creation stories are their, their story of the cataclysms, mm-hmm. right? The ant people basically guide them to a different area and show them how to build this giant stone city and save enough grain because there's a two-year winter coming, right? Now, dude, the Dark Ages. Yeah. Okay. We had an 18-month winter. Dude. Right? Now, look in Colorado. There's something called Mesa Verde. 
right? I, I should ask Keely. Mesa Verde is amazing, dude. It's in the Grand Canyon, in a little pocket of the Grand Canyon. It's got a different name, but it's actually a part of the Grand Canyon. You can look it up that way. Mesa Verde, Grand Canyon, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And there is this giant stone city built into the side of the mountain, dude. And I mean, this was built by the Native Americans that told the story of the ant people said that they told them to come there and build this. And they built it around 536 AD, right at about the time of the Dark Ages, according to storytellers, kinda, to prepare for your winter. Kind of like Petra is, is too. And um, those uh, places, you meant, people. The, the places you, meant earlier, you mentioned earlier in... Um, in Turkey, Cappadocia, yes, which is kind of connected to the whole Pretoria thing as well. So I recognize the name. It's, it's interesting. Right. It connects to so many things. Those are said to be like, um, yeah, like the big caves as as well, and um, especially with where uh, in you in Cappadocia, it's yeah, really and especially with. Especially with Petra, it's said that that is where um, I believe where Moses made like water come out of the rock, where he just you know touched his Half staff or bashed his staff or just. I've I've been to uh, to Petra myself. It's, I mean, it's nothing like you'll see in the the documentaries. It's way crowded with tourists, but it's amazing. Is it now? See, that's what I was gonna do inside. Of the buildings, because like I mean, you get a lot of pictures of the outside of them, a lot of videos of people walking around outside. Yeah. But apparently, the guided tours only go inside. Sometimes you got to see them inside. No, no, unfortunately not. No, I, I wish, I wish I did. Nah, man. But I, I mean, it's it's definitely one of the places. Like I'm, I'm 30 years old. I've been fortunate a lot, uh, uh, enough to have traveled a lot already. I've I've seen. You know, quite a lot of the world been to, you know, China, Jordan, Egypt, whatever. I've been very fortunate. So I, I know places that I definitely want to go back to. And now, you know, with you mentioning uh, Petra and just cities carved out of out of stone, out of the out of the mountains and with the whole Tartaria thing and it connecting to biblical stories and whatever. It's, it's like now it's I definitely want to go back there. It's all connected, brother. It's there's not one religious story on the planet. It's multiple religious stories that make one giant epic. Yeah, it's just so many rabbit holes connected to each other. It, it makes me wonder, like, so where's the rabbit's burrow? Yes, that, 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 I mean, I, I can't, I can't understand the Mesopotamian theory or how other people can buy it. When there were civilizations on seven continents being built at the same time, we have the remains of those cities. I mean, we can date them and look at them and know when they came from. Yet it all started just in that one area. Sure. I mean, in China, they, they have found like blonde haired or, or red haired mummies, you know, like fair skinned red hair or blonde hair. In, in China, have you? Like everyone knows how the Chinese people look like, not blonde hair, fair skin. That's 
European. So what are those mummies like doing well, over in China? Did you know that the first race of white people were allegedly spotted in the Gobi Sea of China in an island? The Gobi Sea? Yes, because it was once a sea, not a desert. And we can prove that. I mean, scientifically, we know the Gobi was actually a sea during one of the last continental collisions. They said that there is a city under the Gobi sands right now that is the the very first cradle. It's where the, uh, I can't remember the name of the race landed there. And even the ancient Chinese on the shores of the, the, on the shores of the Gobi Sea, looking at the island, saw the star come down from heaven, saw these people land, Mm -hmm. right? And then days later, they came over and introduced themselves basically. And they were these eight foot tall Caucasoids with blue eyes and blonde hair, skin so pale they thought it was the same color of driven snow in their in their interpretation of it. So you're but they were advanced, they were advanced enough that the uh, the people on the island started their civilization and tunneled under the rest of the Gobi Sea to the shores of the Gobi and created a pathway for them to do business under the edge of the Gobi Sea. Now the stories are there, the texts are there, like there's all kinds of literature on it. And the Chinese government says, nobody's digging in the Gobi. So we'll never know. I, I doubt that's actually true, but like if, if there's any governments who would never admit to that, it's the Chinese government. And as we um, as we talked about in the uh, the previous podcast as well, they're 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 way too nationalistic to not want to know what's going on or what what happened or whatever. Like it has to do with they'd the Chinese the people. They would want the history for their own back pocket information. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Least, you know, like I mean, they've researched it on their own. And it's still for anybody else. It's still for their own gain, of course. You know, as you know, many world governments do. Um, but Back it's, to the it's, Longyu caves. Do you think we would? Do you think anybody would know about the Longyu caves right now if the press didn't get a hold of it before the government did? No, because the press let that story out and created a market of tourism before the government knew it happened. Yeah, and now the only thing the government can do is like try and, and suppress it as much as regulate. possible. And, and yeah, really didn't regulate just only let you in six of the 26 caves, maybe the ones that only have certain carvings in them. None of the languages carved into the wall. Yeah. Just... They tablets in some of them that had a text really similar to Naga. Yeah, just just the caves that like don't make you ask too many questions, and like just satisfy your 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 curiosity just enough. Like, oh, that's that's fascinating, and you know it, it corroborates with what I've read in the history books. So I'm not going to ask any further questions. Now, even though there are 23 other freaking caves. 
I just want you to think about that. If the global inundations happened how they say they happened in the Adam and Eve story, instead of how we are told that they happened by science, you know, it was just a lot of flooding and some ice caps melting or a volcano went off and melted some ice caps, right? What if the land actually does shift so hard that it runs under the sea? Wouldn't that fill in cities like Petra and Egypt? Wouldn't that do things like fill in the Gobi Sea with sand and quite literally leave standing water in the Long U Caves because it was just a giant bowl? Um, I'm, I'm just saying, when you look at that version of the story, mm. it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine it, it happening that fast, but because that, that just, uh, I mean... Yeah, six it, to twelve it, hours, a ninety degree shift of the landmass. That's that's mighty fast. Well, when the bolt, when the pole, pole starts to flip, what happens is the magnetic field starts to d- d- diminish. It gets weaker. Now, the magnetic field in the pole in in the in the core is what's keeping the solar radiation off of us. Yeah. So when that shield starts to diminish, it gets hot the ice caps start to melt and it progresses the polar flip to the point where it starts out slow, slow, picks up a little speed. Ice caps start to melt a little faster. The shield goes just enough that boom, it just flips. It explains why the Laurentian ice sheet was where it was. And the Western Australian ice sheet was where it was at the time because they were the North and South pole. Hmm. Now it all, and like penguins in in South Africa, and yeah, yeah, that's 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 definitely something that that I'll be pondering about just because it sounds so impossible. But I'm just saying, with a global flood happening the way they explain it, where the sea level comes up 200 feet slowly and then goes back down. How did all that silt and sand that was in the bottom of the ocean get displaced? How do we wind up with a whale skeleton in a Himalayan mountain? That's impressive. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. That that no, th- those must have been some really, really big waves, right? Which could definitely or the be- land flipped so fast it went right under the water. I mean, hold your hand at the surface of a pool right? And then move your hand parallel really fast with the yeah. water halfway yeah. up your hand. Half the water goes over your hand, half the water goes under your hand, right? Well, yeah. the water can't go under the landmass when the landmass moves in opposition to the water, right? So let's say the seas are moving at a constant 10,000 miles an hour this way, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the landmass of the earth flips. The seas keep moving just like they were. The land moves, it goes right over top of the land and carries everything with it, dude. Yeah. Will skeletons in the Himalayas. I mean, if it indeed like dipped or, or just like float, float over all of a sudden, I mean, yeah. Like how else is that going to happen? Like, like seriously, how do you wind up with a whale skeleton? 3,200 or no, yeah, 3,200 feet above sea level. Flying whales? <laughs> right. 
I, I mean, I know they can get airborne coming out the water doing their little fluke signs and all, but dude, I didn't know they could hit orbit. I'm just saying, like, no, nah, nah. I mean, yeah, they'll be like somewhat airborne, but those, those, they're I mean, big. We, they're they're heavy, and you, like, that'll be the the first whale mountain climber ever. Right. Like, that's that's like probably just, the last one too, bro. Because I mean, they're just not equipped for it. The harnesses don't fit. I mean, it's hard, you know. Yeah, you know, no, no water, nothing, no krill. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, fuck biology. We got, you know, if, you if, chalk if, the if flippers up. I mean, if, like, how do you chalk your flippers up to get grip? You know, I mean, Jesus, if, if if history is a lie, then you know, if we got mountain climbing but, whales, then I mean, we we make jest of it, dude. But the CIA covered that up, Stein. The CIA covered all the information in that book up, dude. I mean, just the weird little shit that I'm spitting out at you. That was hidden for freaking 50 plus years. Why? Why? It's it's not like your average Joe is going to question it. He's just like a Will Skeleton high up in the mountains. That's weird. How did that happen? And they leave it at that. Like, they're not going to question it any further. I mean, people like us obviously do, but. Time chain. All right. Smithsonian takes over this project that they have of hiding everything, 1940s. Now they have evidence that they were doing it pre whatever. Okay. But it became like a mission, 1945 yeah. to 1949, right? Hmm, right after World War. <laughs> At the same time, you wind up with all of those things coming up missing. All of these religious stories taking turns and new science is found and this is proved and that we found Noah's Ark and all this other stuff happened right around that time. Right. And then 10 years later, some asshole writes a book called the Adam and Eve story that scientifically disproves some of the religion that they've been spreading. The CIA, for God knows what reason, the CIA, a got involved with the publishing of a book okay it had to be something that could change the face of history that i mean geez that's not even just kicking against the shins of the established order that's just putting their hats on the chopping block wow like i'm i'm just saying like there's so much has been hidden from us we know that bread crumbs have been left for us and we found them and we found some bakeries and we found some moldy bread. You know what I mean? But, you know, the, the trail was left for us to find. We know yeah. it existed. Like, There's an organization covering it up. That organization is tied to the government. The government covers up a book written that's based on the biggest religion story in the world. The most well-known, the most well-published. Yeah. Right? But it changes parts of the story to make it completely different in a way that it makes history make sense. It makes the creation make sense. It makes the buried cities all over the world that we can't answer make sense. It makes whales in the mountaintop make sense. I mean, you know what I mean? But it you, answers so many questions, dude. But wouldn't it be a lot easier, especially 
you know, back in those days to just get the church involved and say like, oh no, he's, he's a heretic. He's a lunatic. That's, that's, you know, it's right. all lies. We're the church. We're the, you know, discredit the, him after publishing. Yeah. Like what, what they usually do, just discredit them, cancel them. As, as Make them look like a lunatic. You know what I mean? Take some other off-the-wall statements that he's made sarcastically and make it look like that's his belief and, you know. Or, you know, twist twist his words, give them new meanings. Like, they're so good at that. Like, psychological warfare, it's, it's, you know, they are, the CIA is psychological warfare. Exactly. If anyone is good at that, it's, it's those intelligence agencies. Like, they can just make like they can literally make that guy into a lunatic. Like they they have the means for that. They don't even have to spin it. They can like they can do it. Yes, you know, using just, his own words. Like MK Ultra, MK Naomi, just just a, a, a couple examples. Like they can literally create lunatics. Yes, and so yet <laughs> they they did this highly publicized campaign to sweep these books from the shelf, stop the publisher from making more, snagged the drafts of it, went to the homes of the people that pre-read it and helped edit it. I mean, there's a reason for it, dude. And Elon Musk needs to buy the Smithsonian and free the history. (laughs) We freed the speech, now free the history, Elon. Bring us the giants back. Bring us the skeletons Bring us the stuff that we have the breadcrumbs for. I mean, I know that that book burnings were a thing, and you know we still do that nowadays. You know, just like delete things off the server and whatever. It's it's like kind of the modern book burning, but just like literally erase a book from history, like it's it's never been written. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. They're erasing a race of giants like they never existed. Or, you know, like push them to the the realm of fairy tales and stories and fantasy imagination. Like, you know, what what our parents would tell us when when we were kids, when we like saw things that weren't actually there. Like, oh, you just have an overactive imagination. Like you're just... I don't know, hyped up on, on sugar or whatever. Their big problem now is the information age. Because it's, somebody it's a blessing phone, and a curse. Yeah. Somebody with a cell phone snaps a picture at an archaeological dig, sends it to somebody in another country. They send it to 10 people before that archaeological dig's even known about by anybody. Right? Yeah. And that's that's now, why I'm I'm big fan of uh, platforms like Minds and Odyssey, because if you repost something um, there, like you're basically making a duplicate of it. You know, like uh, on, on Minds, for example, like if, if someone posts something, you can like the original posts and you can like the, the reminded posts. And if someone else reminds it too, you can like that post as well. Like it's it's a different post it's something new it keeps it keeps the threads tied together though yeah yeah of course like sure if the original one is uh is deleted like it it gets harder to um to access the copies but um 
like I know that's the thing with uh, with Odyssey with the uh, the library credits. If you um, like offer more credits for the repost than it has been published with, it becomes like your video. So if okay. the original so one overtake it, with money, basically. Yeah, but uh, I mean. You're just putting your post at a higher priority on the feed line than theirs with the credits, which, like, which in a way isn't isn't fair, of course. But it's it's a good way to um, promote promote and, and preserve as well. Because if the original gets deleted, like the, you basically just bought the uh, the original, and like that is still on your account so you know they have to delete that one as well and everyone who reposted it and downloaded it and, and put it on other sites and that's why i love mine so much dude it's immutable blockchain yeah what i mean can't mess with it once it's there it's there yeah and that's i think that's the one thing that they um they didn't take into account when uh when they created darpa when they they created um the internet like Man is forcing decentralization, dude. Mankind is clever. We're we're smart. We're savvy. We'll find something that we can use and put it to our own use. Like we we've done that with everything for ages. You know, we we take something from someone else and we twist and turn it and and like do things with it to make it our own and the same with the internet like you can erase a picture you know you can you can google can prevent it from being displayed there yeah but then still someone like has it on their phone has it on their laptop has it on their facebook Micro account their twitter the their minds whatever yeah it's it's always somewhere else too and that's the thing about cloud sourced information crowdsourced information once it's up and out and everybody has their hands on it it's like wildfire yeah and you know like <clears throat> things with with this too like we're just we're doing a, a a recording we're you know doing a podcast like the modern version of of talk radio like back in the day you had to have the right equipment for that for for talk radio and not everyone Either was a big a fan of talk radio yeah, and you had like one or two channels who did that, maybe, and they most certainly did not talk about, you know, stuff like this. But all you need now, I mean, I can I can do this on my phone if needed. Yeah. Like I I ha I have a tripod. I can I can download a like I I can download an audio recording. I I can download you know Zoom or or whatever and make a recording. There is so much, like, that's the thing with tech. Yeah, they use it to control us, but we can also use it. We are using it. Yeah. Just and like that's... me spitting out the headlines of those newspapers, people can watch this video, Google search that newspaper headline in a Reuters newspaper and find the article while we're sitting here talking about it and read the article. Right? Yeah. Now that newspaper microfish in those archives they can delete it from this place or they can delete it from this place, but a search engine finds it everywhere. I mean, you know, same thing with that um, incredibly charming, uh, like what was it Super Bowl photo from, uh, from Beyonce where she kind of 
you know, like incredibly ugly photo, like a shot at just yeah. the right moment. Like she screamed back, cried, pleaded to delete it off the internet. And the you have her look like a monster, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there, that that <laughs> picture is still circulating. It's it's still you can still find it. It's still going oh around as a meme or whatever. Have, have you seen the Chicago mayor Lori Lightfoot? Oh. Dude, she looks like Beetlejuice, dude. And like every time, like people have done these screenshots <laughs> in her little meetings where she'll be like, I need somebody to clean the da 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 da. And she like gets like real hen pecky, right? And she's got her face in the camera and she's doing that head pecking thing. And they'll take a screenshot when she's forward <laughs> and it makes her look so fish eyed and bulbous and horrible. It's unreal. Yeah. yeah. She already looks enough like Beetlejuice. And th- they, you know, the the military, the government, whoever, they did not take that into account when creating DARPA and when created, creating the internet that we could like literally use it to awaken the masses because through the internet, we can reach the masses. I mean, geez, I'm in the Netherlands, you're in Florida. Like, even and we're both like, the old gods alive, man. We're now live talking to each other, like just thousands of miles away just in real in the, time yeah like just in the 90s like you had to have a a huge stereo thing and you know kind of you know pirate Satellite stuff and whatever movies. yeah like that was practically impossible unless you were so tech savvy that you knew what you were doing it's just now it's it, it's just as simple as a tablet or a cell phone dude yeah, yeah. my tablet bro my tablet goes everywhere with me. I have survival guides downloaded on this thing, and I have a metal shell for it. <laughs> EMP, dude. I've got survival guides in digital format that will yeah. survive. I mean, just like just this thing right here right. has more power and more, you know, more than the the thing they flew to the moon. Right. Dude, and literally, it's, it's it, it fits cell, in my pocket. My cell phone right now has more memory than the first desktop computer I bought. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, I remember the little extra card, dude. Just my little extra card that I put yeah. in for extra memory has I, I, more memory than I had in that whole computer. I remember that. Um, well, my my parents told me like I don't have a visual memory. Of it, of course, I was still young, but we were one of the first ones in the the street in our neighborhood with a uh, a home computer. Like we had a um, a hard drive of um, one hundred and twenty eight megabytes. megabytes. Yep. My first MP three player when I went to high school and had to travel to Amsterdam. 128 megabytes i could like if if you know if i could i could just put like 30 songs on there that was my parents home computer like in 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 the the late 90s and i'm just carrying i'm just carrying that shit in my pocket listening listening to music 
I remember deleting whole programs so I could get enough room for LimeWire to pull more songs into my computer. Oh, LimeWire. <laughs> I've wrecked so many computers with us. <laughs> Dude, I've murdered so many of them, too. Like, yeah, my, my, yeah, yeah. Pavilion, my first computer died because of Napster and LimeWire. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yes, sir. But, yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. Like, and this is... I mean, this is also why I'm I'm convinced that so much of the information, like they can no longer hide it. Like they can they can try, but we're doing podcasts. You're you're posting it in in the tribe. You're doing it on your minds. You like you made an Odyssey channel. Like, yeah, it's just. Oh, dude, I'm gonna load that Odyssey channel really soon with all the little snippets of notes that I do in between the shows. I'm going to do little individual videos about the Calcutta story, about this Reuters article. They're all going to be individual things. Yeah, just, you know, keep keep spreading truth or just at least keep spreading the stories that make people think. Because the, 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 the simple question you asked, like we had giant everything. We had giant birds, giant trees, giant plants, giant My lizards. <laughs> Spiders. Why didn't we have giant people? Like the, the simplest question, but a question that never came up in, in my mind. And I'm just, I'm blown away by just a question like that because it's so freaking simple. It, like where, where, where's the big version of us? Yeah. yeah. You know, apparently there was none, but we, you know, we, had, like I said, we had giant everything, like everything that, everything that's still alive. Everything that's still alive now, big or small, we had an even bigger version of it. In a museum, we still have them, but the people. Yeah. I mean, there were freaking caterpillars who were, you know, like three feet long. and Right? Centipedes 11 feet long that would eat yeah. a jaguar. I mean, where's the it's big people? <laughs> And anyway. you know, if, even to the ice ages, you know, the mammoths and whatever, like they were huge. We have modern elephants that are small. We have modern mice that are well, smaller than, than mm. their ancient predecessors. Why not the people? It's the only species on the planet that didn't have an adapted larger version of it in history. I find that hard to believe, dude. I mean, with the giant footprints all over the place, the, the, the Titans prints, they were running from the last inundation when they died, man. How, do you, how else do you get an eight-foot footprint in the side of a granite mountain? Just yeah. saying. Like. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, and these are, these are the questions that need to be asked. And, you know, that's, that's another reason why I, why I started this podcast, because there are, so many questions and so many people That's, with so many different kinds of knowledge and, and skills. And like, dude, you're a great researcher for, for sure. Like I, I, mean, I love how, how long have we been on like with the technical breaks in between we've been going for three hours yeah. about. Yeah. Our podcast. Speaking of which I got dinner in there. We'll, we'll wrap it up. <laughs> soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I should, um, I should, 
about go to bed. It's uh, like past two a.m. here. In the meantime, luckily I, uh, oh, I can, wow, I can. Yeah, yeah. you're on such a time doc. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm 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 lucky. I'm starting starting late uh, tomorrow, so I can I can actually sleep in. I was not expecting that, so I'm very happy with that. Well, Billy will be pissed at me. oh i mean uh yeah she's i mean i have my phone on silence so but she's probably blown it up i mean i purposefully quit telegram on on my yeah i uh, I silenced everything too and my wife just walked around back and threw a pack of cigarettes at my spouse walked around back (laughs) yeah no i i think i think we should uh we should wrap it up here because like man we can go on for another another three hours so um you know let let the people know where they uh where they can find you as always child of ash 420 on telegram uh child of ash 420 on twitter child of ash 420 on mines uh rumble i have a different channel i think it's joshua 14 e 420 yeah i'll have to post that one because it's just not the standard but you know, pretty much child of ash 420 everywhere man awesome and uh, of course, you can find both of us in the the tribe of the Greyhorn Pagans. Um, we're on Telegram at t.me/greyhornpagans. We're on Minds. Uh, unfortunately, those don't work with the the Greyhorn Pagans link, but you can find us on Minds. Uh, those are the two places we're most active, where you can uh, where you can find us. Um, you can find me at t.me slash steinfox, minds.com slash steinfox, uh, twitter.com slash steinfox. Yes, I caved and made a Twitter. Um, yeah, Elon bought it, dude. We all had to. I mean, it still has has the bigger bigger reach. You know, I tried it on mines, but, you know, big tech, it's, it's still the reach. So, but uh, this was... Keep the old gods alive, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. We're uh we're gonna wrap it up here, Josh. Thank you again. Thank you so it's much. It's uh like no problem, brother. It's, it's been a blast. Twice the length of the, the previous podcast, and we still haven't talked I about it. <laughs> I hope somebody gets something out of it. Oh, uh, it's all sure. that matters. If one person learns something, dog, I'm happy. Hell yeah, for sure. So this was Joshua on Mystery of the Giants part two. And by the sounds of it, there's going to be a part three, four, five, just The next so one many. will have the little people, man. The little people. Hell yeah. Looking forward right. to that. So I wish you all a good night. And uh, have a good one, brother. And I'll see you all time. in the tribe. See you in the tribe.